0: I feel like I have to burp. It's right there. Come on.
1: From Boogie Lamb Media, this is On Carlson Drive, a dusty little dirt road of memories from the wit and whimsy of Wendy Bonifield. Today's episode, What's Happening to Grace?,
0: I feel like I have written enough about Grace for my loyal listeners to know that she is, oh, what shall I say, Um, that Grace is dramatic. For those of you who have not heard my previous stories about Grace, first of all, go listen to them. And Secondly, Grace does not run lukewarm. She is all in on every emotion, whether it is sad or excited or nervous. There is no halfway with grace. Her Aunt Rhonda got her a t-shirt that says, apparently I'm dramatic, which should be a button she wears as a warning to all. So when she woke up at 6 o'clock in the morning on the first day of her ninth grade year in high school, in which she would be going to marching band, We thought she was simply being true to herself, with tears and incoherent rambling about band and can't and mom. But it soon became apparent that something more than nervousness was going on. She wasn't able to utter a complete sentence. She was stuck on a few words. Can't. Mom. Can't. Sorry. I took her downstairs and tried to calm her. I poured her a bowl of cereal. She tried to eat it, but was hardly able to hold the spoon. What was happening? This was very strange. I gave her a pen and asked her to write her name. She sort of wrote it, getting letters backwards, missing letters. I decided we needed to go to the hospital. This was not right. It was a Thursday. And Erin, our oldest, was getting ready to go off to start her junior year at the University of Kansas. The plan was Randy will take her that morning to get there in time for early meetings with student leadership of the marching band. Hannah would be starting her freshman year there on Monday when everyone showed up for marching band camp, leaving the whole weekend to focus on Hannah. Last-minute shopping for those important dorm room items, packing, and being together before she went off to college for the first time. However, this new development with Grace changed everything. As I sped down the road, and I was truly speeding, fortunately it was early and there were not many cars on the road, I looked back in the rearview mirror and Grace started to shake. Not really an all-over seizure, but a slow bobbing of her head that that turned to one side. I frantically called her name and drove even faster. Grace remembers my frantic, tear-filled calls as one of the worst parts of this. Not being able to tell me that she was all right, but she wasn't all right. She was able to walk into the emergency room with my support, yet it was clear something was wrong, and they saw her immediately. Once they got her stable, it was determined she needed to be transferred to Children's Mercy Hospital. Meanwhile, back at home, Randy, Aaron, and Hannah waited for some news. When I called and told them that they were going to take her to Children's Mercy for more tests, it was decided that Aaron would take the car to KU and we would pick it up later. Aaron dropped Randy off at the hospital and went on to KU, still very unsure as to what was happening with her little sister and leaving Hannah at home by herself to worry and wonder. Randy arrived at the exam room right before the ambulance team from Children's Mercy. They had given Grace something that made her very groggy and unresponsive. Yet when the medic picked her up to put her on the gurney to wheel her into the ambulance, she let out an unearthly cry, signaling that she did not want to be picked up. And to emphasize this point to the medic, She peed all over him. As they were wheeling her out, she had another small seizure. We were terrified. We didn't know what was happening. What was this? Had we lost our grace? I rode in the ambulance to Children's Mercy, and Randy took the car and went back home to get Hannah. Then they came to the hospital later. When they got to the hospital, Grace was in and out of consciousness. I was glad they got there, for Grace had been asking for her sisters whenever she awoke. Erin had already left for KU, but when Hannah got there, she went to her side and held her hand and told her about the hot nurse who was taking care of her. Grace was not going to make it easy for Hannah to leave. Hannah, don't leave me. Why are you going away? You are so beautiful, Hannah. That was her common thought. She wanted her sisters. Hannah's response was, this is not even fair, Mom. She is lying in a hospital bed, telling me I'm beautiful and asking me not to leave. Poor Hannah really did get the short end of the stick. This was supposed to be her weekend. But it turned out she spent much of it alone. I'm not sure she has fully forgiven me. Grace spent the whole weekend in the hospital. By the next day she was much better, tired, and she wasn't eating much, but she was talking and she didn't seem to have lost any memory or cognitive skills, which is something we were afraid of. She had an MRI and a spinal tap in order to figure out what was happening. Finally, late Saturday, the doctor was able to give us some information. She was diagnosed with epilepsy. Wow, this is huge. It seems so out of the blue all of a sudden at 14 years of age. Finally, we were able to leave the hospital. I didn't think they were ever going to let us go. They were worried that Grace was not eating. She could order anything she wanted off the menu at any time, but she didn't want anything. I had to force feed her, I mean, or strongly encourage her to finish her food so we could go home. The next day we took Hannah to KU. Grace was still very tired and laid on Hannah's bed as we carried everything in and set up her dorm room. It's never easy leaving your kids at college. Grace made it even more difficult to drive away as she sat quietly in the back seat crying and occasionally saying, I just want my sisters. She missed a whole week of school, not the kind of start one would like for your high school career. Then, she was perfectly fine for almost two years with no seizures until a few months before the two-year mark she had another seizure. It was relatively mild, only with the confusion of language. Over the next two years, she had several more, seemingly every six months or so, keeping her from being able to get her driver's permit and to learn to drive. One of these happened at school. The crazy thing about that was she was able to call me while having the seizure. I answered the phone and could tell instantly Grace was in the middle of a seizure. Mom. Sorry. Mom, I'm sorry. Outside. Mom. Grace, are you outside? Can't. Outside. Grace, listen to me. You need to go back inside and go to the nurse. I stayed on the phone with her until she made it to the nurse's office. The nurse didn't fully understand right away what was happening when Grace walked into the office, mumbled some incoherent words, and handed her the phone. I told her Grace was having a seizure, have her lay down. Grace didn't want to come home and stayed the rest of the school day. When she got home, she was able to tell me everything that happened. She was in history class when it began. She tried to tell the teacher what was happening but wasn't able to communicate, so she walked out of the classroom to call me. Fortunately, she did not actually go outside. That was the closest she could come to telling me she had left the class. She was outside the classroom. It was crazy to me that she was able to call me and make it to the nurse's office in the middle of a seizure. One other time she felt one coming on, she began to write in her journal. I find that journal entry fascinating because you can see the progression of the seizure by the change in the language she uses as well as in the handwriting. Here is part of the entry. January 23rd, 7.11 a.m. It's a snow day. All the night she's almost going to have a seizure and I couldn't sleep and I need to sleep. I can just go to sleep but I don't want to be hurt. I wish I was still here to his mama and baba. So now it's 7.13 and I'm just wanting to sleep and look at her family and I can feel, I can see he also is sick too. I'm so tired, I hurt so bad. I want to go to a family, but I don't want to go do. And may she be near this mommy and want to go to sleep and not sleep. I just wanting until I don't have a seizure. I just really need to stop so I can sleep. Now it's 7.36. I'm done with my seizure, but I'm just going to have a horrific headache in the back of my head and in my ears. I am so unhappy. I'm so tired and hurting. All I can really feel is the beating pain I have in my head and brain. Yay. The next journal entry, four days later, she talks about a movie she liked, Young Victoria, and how she cried because Albert died, and how the actor was very attractive, which made his death even worse. Grace, ever the artist, drew some sketches that captured how she felt, as well as a poem. Listen as Grace shares her poem. A
2: Changing Day The moon still sat in the sky when the loud call came to wake me up. I hit the alarm with the normal burning hatred of the deep blue morning. I woke up, same as always. I got dressed, same as always. But once I trudged down the stairs, darkness fell over me, like an eclipse over my eyes. Suddenly, life left my legs, and my arms clutched the strong doorway. As I made my way down into the kitchen, my mom was talking. What was she saying? It was as if a CD played through my head, but it was skipping, over letters, over whole words. Everything was dark. My eyes only saw tight boxes, edges blurred with clouds of tears. I was scared. My memories are only a haze. My mom said I couldn't write my name, that I couldn't form sentences, but all of that I couldn't recall. All of a sudden, I was in the car. I didn't know how I got there. My mother in the driver's seat. All I could do was hear, hear my mother call my name. Tears in her voice. All I wanted at that moment was for her pain to cease. I did something to make her sad. All my thoughts were on my mother, not for my waving head, not even my eyes that seemed to be searching for birds hidden in the sky. Once my eyes lift open... All I see is hospital. Everything is white. The floor, the room, my clothes, my shaking hands. My mother said I screeched. My sister said I'd troubled a smoking hot nurse. A different life seemed to loom over my head, but it was only two pills, day and night, and one more doctor than usual. As I saw a case of pills, I knew I would have to tell this story, the story of how I was diagnosed with epilepsy. Over and over, day after day, for what seemed to be a long time, and it has not stopped. My story continues, today, tomorrow, and now.
0: Gracie's seizures are controlled with medication, and she can recognize the warning signs and is able to take some medication that will stop them before it happens. Today, she is over three years seizure-free. She was able to get her driver's license and is working on her third year in college.
1: This is Randy Bonifield, one of the producers of On Carlson Drive, and we wanted to invite you to participate in one of our upcoming episodes. Here's what's happening. We're working on an episode about bitterness, grudges, you know, stuff you carry around. We were hoping that you might share with us a story that you have about something that just kind of gnaws at you that you just can't let go. Yeah, we're working on an episode just like that. Wendy's got some great stories that surround that, but we wanted to hear from you, make you part of our conversation. Maybe you have a story that's, you know, a little lighthearted, but it's, you know, it's got a little bitterness to it. It's okay. Well, we want you to share that with us. And we want you to share it with us by emailing your story. Not, not in written form now. What we want is for you to record it. So take out your phone, you know, turn on that little voice memo or voice messaging or recording device that you've got. And just record really quickly in a quiet room your story tell us your story like you're just sitting here talking to us. And we might share it on an upcoming episode. Once you've recorded it, send it to us at oncarlsondrive at gmail.com. That's oncarlsondrive at gmail.com. You know, maybe as we do this, you might hear your voice on an upcoming podcast. All right, back to the show.
0: All right, well, today we're going to have a little conversation with Grace, and Randy's going to join us, too, because he was very much involved in all of this. So welcome, Grace. Thanks for chatting. Hi. (laughs) First of all, thank you for letting me share this story.
2: Well, I mean, it's public knowledge, so it has
0: to be secret, Mom. People can't know I (laughs) sees. But it's been a while. You've been like, it's been about three years now, so.
2: Yeah, well, knock on wood, so. Oh. Thank you.
0: All right, well, let's go back to that first seizure. Well, I remember exactly
2: what I was wearing. I was wearing a bright yellow shirt with, like, the basketball state on it. It uh, was errands and like the a bright pink pair of shorts with polka dots on them. I just remember exactly what it is, and I could not wear that outfit again.
0: I know you have this thing about outfits. So.
2: Like I couldn't even wear one of the pieces. I like I like hung on to them, but I was like, no, I can't. I just remember like looking down at the floor and you tell me all of these things like, oh, I had you write your name and so on and so forth. I don't remember the note, like the nurse, which I'm sad about because I wanted to see a smoking hot guy. Um, (laughs) uh, Yeah, like I can only remember the car. I can remember that morning and not being able to walk and just like hearing you in the car. Like I knew that I couldn't move. All I knew is I could hear and that was it. Like, all of my other senses were done.
1: Hmm. What's interesting is up to that point, you had come into the bedroom. I remember mom being like, ah, she's just being dramatic. Because you sat down on the edge of our bed and you just said words like, I can't, I won't. You know, just little things. Yeah. Yeah. And then when you came downstairs, we put you through all these little tests of, like, what can you do and what's going on. Mm -hmm. And I remember having you try to write your name Mm -hmm. and... That was just a mess, I mean, it was just this little scribble it was yeah, but yeah. the
0: strange thing is is that she wrote I mean she wrote it, but there the letter some of the letters were backwards, she missed a couple of letters in her name, yeah, but there were still it was still you know clearly writing it wasn't just like a scribble,
2: yeah, yeah. and I mean, I discovered later that that was something that happened. i like I had a diary entry that I had written while I had a seizure. But I didn't know if I like took medicine to stop it or if I just let it go. But I had written in my diary and I was, I lost words, my handwriting was terrible. And I misspelled a lot of stuff. So like it was an interesting process to, cause I remember what happens. Um, I've never had a grand mal like I did that first time. So I like remember what happens. But a lot of it frustrates me because I'm like, this is stupid. Why is this happening to me? I know what's happening with my body, but I can't stop it. At a certain point, it got to like, I just had to sit there and let it happen.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, that first one too, mom was like, I think I'm going to take her to the doctor. I think I'm going to take her to the hospital. And Mm -hmm. you started to walk down the steps and you almost fell over. And that was when we were like, there's something really not right here. Yeah, and and I don't know if you remember, Wendy. You know, her almost falling.
0: I don't remember that. She I was so that, weak that on point. her legs,
1: and so you got her into the car, and then on the way, yeah. you know, Mom tells the story yeah. that you had the seizure. Yeah, yeah. Your worry was for her at that point.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't remember a lot. Like I didn't remember writing my name or anything, but I remember I clutched the doorway because I didn't, I couldn't control my legs or at least like use them well. Like I could like put weight on them, but they weren't useful to me.
0: I remember you describing it as though you were listening to a CD. Yeah,
2: because I would miss words. I would hear some, but they would either like cut out entirely or I would miss pieces of them. It was kind of the same thing with my speech. Like I would know what I was trying to say, but I couldn't get all of it.
0: Yeah, because when you, when you were in the middle of these, you would just have words Yeah, that you would repeat. So like in your journal entry, at one point you said, I just want to see family. And probably you were talking about, I just want to go see mom and dad.
2: Yeah, stuff like that. Like if I wanted to say mom and dad, it would be family. And like, I remember I had a seizure at school. It was kind of funny actually, because at that point I had gotten so used to them that it was just like, I'm going to sit here and hope that it's done. And so, well, one, I just went up to my teacher and it was so frustrating because I can't talk well. It's the continuous, I can't, I just, I, you know, and so I walk up to Mr. Cormack, and I'm telling him all of, I'm just like, I need, I can't, um, I just, and I just walk out. I just walk out of the classroom (laughs) because there's no point of doing anything. Like, I think I almost sat in class, you know, like I almost just sat there. But I figured like you probably like wanted to know, (laughs) you know, like what I needed to do something, you know.
0: Yeah. Well, I thought you had gone outside. Exactly. Because you kept saying outside. Yeah.
2: See, I wasn't like roaming around the high school parking lot just yeah I just imagined outside. you
0: when you called me and said that I was just imagining you like wandering down the street
2: <laughs> well like maybe I could have gone outside of the school but I did not obviously well you know
0: in my thought it was like you were maybe trying to come home yeah I was gonna walk home mm-hmm which isn't crazy. We didn't. We don't live that far from the school. But yeah, still. I probably
2: could have made it unless it was one of those really serious seizures where I couldn't walk. You know, where I just collapse like a little marionette. People just pass me. Like, what the heck is wrong with
0: her? Um, <laughs> yeah, but that didn't happen. So we're no. all good. We're all good. There. No,
2: um, it's almost funny. Like, because I'm just stuck with this. This is just what's happening to me. So you know, I sit there. I can take half of like a Keppra, which is like the prevention. So explain that. Yeah. So like I take uh, two prescriptions and one of them is Keppra, which is a seizure medicine, obviously. Um, But like at the beginning, since I know what they feel like uh, near the front, so I'll feel one coming on where I'll get a really bad headache in a certain part of my head and I'll be able to see colors a lot. They're very vivid. And so I just kind of know how it feels. And so before I get to that spot where words skip over and I can't talk, I just take half of a pill, and usually that'll work.
0: So Rand, you remember that uh, first that first seizure? Sort of how we had no idea what was happening.
1: Yeah, you know, I would say that. So we took her to a local ER. And she's just lying there, and they—I think they'd given her some type of sedative, and but she did not look like herself at all. She looked almost vegetable-like. Yeah, you know, droopy face, and and I think our first fear was that this seizure had done some type of. Yeah, I damage. don't think
0: we even knew. We didn't know that it was, that a, it was seizure. a seizure. Yeah, uh, we didn't know what was going on. So yeah, I think we felt like, oh, this could this something have just erased her brain. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, well, and, and then when, when they tried to move her, and it, number one, you saw her strength. I mean, <laughs> when they tried to pick you up and move you, your defense against these two very big men was amazing. I mean, I, I was knocked out at how strong you appeared in that moment. And then you let out this scream that was just, it was scary. Yeah, it was because guttural. it also, was yeah. guttural and piercing all at the same time. And you were just showing this just fierce unhappiness. And then, yeah, you just peed all over <laughs> the <guy>. I know. <laughs> Which is funny now. But back then, this moment that. was really, really scary. And mom and I yeah. at that moment just went into the. We were kind of out in the hallway while they were doing this. And we just hugged each other and cried because we had no idea what was going on at that moment. And I remember looking at the nurse and, and almost like grabbing her and saying, what is happening? Right. You know, like what is happening? And and her response was, sir, I don't know. We don't know. You know, we had never experienced a seizure, obviously, you know, otherwise we might've been better been prepared like, for this. Yeah, yeah just <clears throat> just <clears> She's <throat> just having a seizure, you know,
0: no, that no sort of thing. Deal.
1: And so- I would say one of the weird things for us was that this happened when you were 14.
0: Yeah, that's the crazy thing. Because when they did the MRI at at Children's Mercy, they're like, there's evidence in her brain of seizure activity or something that could cause a seizure. And it seemed crazy to me that she'd never showed any signs. And then all of a sudden at 14, boom.
1: Yeah. It was like something changed in your body that triggered this brain activity And so now it's something you monitor and manage through, you know, a modification therapy. And you've found, it seems, a pretty stable sort of way of handling this.
2: Mm -hmm. Like you talk about my like reactions to what happened, which I do not remember. After the car, everything, I had no idea what was happening you tell me what happens and like, I don't want to be there. Like it was probably like horrible for you. But at the same time, I'm like, I've never made that sound. I wonder what it sounded like. What was that sound? How strong was I? Like, I'm curious about it. Sure. Like it's something horrible, but I'm also like, wait, I'm that strong?
1: Looking back, you probably should have been a wrestler. <laughs>
2: is what I think. And what's funny is I'm having this grand mal seizure but you tell me that I pee on a really handsome nurse and I'm
0: embarrassed.
1: Oh, no, this wasn't that the That wasn't the
0: handsome Dang nurse. It, then. Okay, good. Yeah, so that was the ambulance, okay. I the fought, EMTs. Yeah. I, so I fought so, against him. Yeah, you fought that guy and you <laughs> pee on the EMT. Oh, okay. So the, the smoking hot nurse, as far as Hannah's concerned, <laughs> was the nurse who was taking care of you at Children's Mercy.
2: Like, I am embarrassed about that. But I had no control over my body whatsoever.
0: But yeah, no, I mean that's one of the things they talk about epilepsy. You know, when you have a seizure, that you do lose control of your body. Mm-hmm. So yeah, don't be embarrassed.
2: Well, there's no stopping that.
0: <laughs> do you remember um, taking Hannah to Ku?
2: There are just specific things I remember. Yeah, I got a spinal tap, and that was the worst pain I ever felt. Really. Yeah, because it was all my back and I just felt like I barely could move. And I remember like we were there and I just like couldn't move. I just laid on the bed the whole time. I was just like, yay, Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember like people greeting me outside on the driveway and I like hobbled towards them like I was 95. Like I was like, thank you. I'm going to lay down now. <laughs> yeah, we're not
0: super energetic. But now we're you're super. doing all right.
1: Yeah, the convention. only problem is she has a doctor now who is a Yankee fan.
2: I mean, like, you can't fit every Yankees fan in a box, but at the same time, he's, like, one of the nicest people I know.
0: It was kind of funny when we first went to this doctor's office. We're sitting there waiting for him to come in, and Randy looks over. There's a, he, So the doctor has a picture of, I don't know. It was, it some, was
1: a World Series picture from back in the, like in the early 2000s. Yeah. It was like them celebrating. So so
0: he sees this picture, this Yankee picture, and he goes, "Wait a minute, this doctor's a Yankees fan. (laughs) I don't, I don't think we should stay, (laughs) (laughs) or
2: like, I don't think we can trust him."
0: Yeah, I I think. And you were, I was like, "Are you serious?" And you're like, "A little bit."
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you have to question someone's judgment when they're a Yankees fan. True, true.
2: I just think that's,
1: I think it, yeah.
2: That's just general. I but
0: mean, then he came in and uh, he turned out to be a very good doctor. And so far we've been very happy. Yeah. With
2: it's also really funny to go to the doctor and have them point out, you know, they're like, oh, that little spot. And it's barely noticeable. You look at the brain, there's a little fuzz, little differentiation. And I'm like, sure. Okay. Thanks. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's <laughs> like when you had that EEG and Those they showed are, it to you, and like, and they're like, "Look right there. Yeah. Oh, there's there's seizure activity. That's another there. thing
2: to talk about. Oh. The first time I had an EEG, there was a really nice guy. We had we had a really good conversation, and I ended up making a friend.
0: <laughs> I'm pretty sure you make a friend everywhere you go. I know, Grace. but he
2: was so nice. I was really sad that it wasn't the same guy when I got the second one.
0: Oh, right. The, well, then they did. Um, what were some of the, they like flashed lights at you? Oh, yeah.
2: They put like these little, the stickers that they put on first have like this really weird warm goo and they'll stick it to your head. And then they have you sleep for 10 minutes, which how do you even sleep? Like well, go you, to
0: bed? you, they told us to keep you up until four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Of course you, that's like, yeah, that's interesting. Well, that day. wasn't
2: as like... One was late,
0: and then they were like, what do you react
2: to? It's like an allergy test, basically. You know, when they just put a bunch of stuff on you, see what reacts. And they're like, okay, that works. And so they stuck like a strobe light right next to my head. And we're like, is this uncomfortable?
0: But they were measuring your brain activity. So it wasn't even really a matter of whether.
2: Whether it was comfortable. You liked it or not. It was just kind of like okay, I'm sitting here for like five minutes while this is flashing right next to my face. I'm like, this is great. I love this.
0: That didn't seem to, you didn't have a response to that. so no.
2: which I'm glad about because that would make me avoid a lot of stuff right. that is considered fun. And certain like TV shows. But then when I watch movies with people, they're like, uh, is this is this going to bother you? Is this going to affect you? I'm like, no, it's fine.
1: How, what is life like for you? How have you adapted?
2: I mean, there, like, there aren't many things I have to avoid, luckily. But there is kind of this constant worry. Like if I have a bad headache, sometimes it's just a bad headache. Like I just generally get headaches in the back of my head. But there's a specific spot and a specific pain that I have when it's seizure related. And so I have to pause. I have to be like, this is just a headache. All right, okay. Or I am I just am a stressed person in general, but then I start stressing about, oh no, if I get too stressed out over a long period of time, I could have a seizure. It's not a constant looming monster, you know, because it's just something that I have to deal with. There is kind of this thing in the back of my head that's like, well, this could happen, you know, and it's something that I have to tell people. Like, hey, just so you know, this is what happens. This is how this works. And this is what I'll do. And that's just like a thing that I do just kind of in general, and especially with people that I spend a lot of time with. This is-
0: You just have to kind of give them a heads up. Yeah. Like, just in case I start speaking nonsense.
2: Yeah. And so, like, I mean, not anytime I don't meet new people and go, hey, guess what? I have seizures, (laughs) you know?
1: But if we were like, if we were like worried every time she spoke nonsense, <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, we would be really afraid.
2: Specific nonsense, oh. yeah.
0: All right, well, thank you very much, Bibis. All
2: right, I like talking.
0: What you I like know. talking?
1: It's crazy. <laughs> This episode of On Carlson Drive was produced for Boogie Land Media by Randy and Wendy Bonifield and distributed through our friends at podbean.com. All stories were written, edited, and narrated by Wendy Bonifield. All original music and music arrangements are written and performed by Randy Bonifield. Remember to subscribe and please like, add friend, and review this podcast wherever you find us. Follow On Carlson Drive on Facebook and Instagram, at username on Carlson Drive. And be sure to visit our website at oncarlsondrive.com. Special thanks to all our friends and families who, unbeknownst to them, were writing the stories we tell simply by living them. Join us in two weeks for a new episode. Until then, thank you for listening to On Carlson Drive.